And welcome back, everybody, to the Bitter Sun Podcast. Uh, we're so, after a long hiatus, we're back, baby. What brought us back? We got a special guest here today. First off, I'd like to, to welcome and say hello to Yehuda Rothstein. How you guys doing? This is Josh Akakian. Our brother in third arm of this trifecta is over in America. Well, I'll tell you who he is. His name is Kenny Wallach. He's over here. He used to be in the JK, and he's over here from New York with a group of people. He's working in Olami, Manhattan. Say hello of Kenny. I can't hear them. Oh, do you want me to say hi? Yes. yes. Hello. <laughs> hi, everyone. To all the listeners out there, send your yeah. thanks. <laughs> do people listen to this? Um, yeah, I, I like to think so. Okay, I cool. don't like thinking that I talk to the abyss. That's cool. You know? I feel hundo. Hundo. Yeah, I feel hundo. That's amazing. I, yeah. I wanted to bring Kenny in on this one. You know, we believe in something. You know, everyone has their thing that they believe in. Some people it's care of. Some people it's business. Not believing. Something that they're, they're willing to... Uh, give up a majority of their time for or put on a really like low level and a guy like Kenny lived in the Holy Land and then moved to Manhattan which is definitely a jump and I wanted to get him to weigh in on this subject of picking yourself up from one place and fully relocating you know emotionally physically for something that you believe in and and so let's just start off with the beginning at the beginning is how does one know that something is right for them? So it's very funny because, first of all, thank you. It's very nice to meet you. And Josh, good to meet I've never heard this question being asked about leaving Eretz Israel and going to America for doing Kira because I'm a Balchuva. And every single person, if they've ever asked this question, it's always been, how could you get up and leave and go to Israel based on something that you believe in? Leave the comforts of your home and all of your friends behind you. It's so funny. You're, you're on the other side of the corner. Right? No, no, no. They're really like, no matter where I am, I'm always leaving someone. So. <laughs> and everyone's like, how could you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's no good. It's no good. Um, but yeah, I, you know, I think that I've actually thought a lot about it um, from a different perspective. I'll explain it in a second, but but I realized that it's like a bit of a, uh, a strength that I think everyone has. It's just a matter of exercising it. I think the reason why people don't exercise it is because they're scared of what the repercussions will be, and you have to move outside your comfort zone. And that strength is basically looking at life like a blank canvas and saying, I can do whatever I need to do, right? And if you have the right compass, then that should be your guiding factor. You have a compass, you have a blank canvas, now paint. But someone is going to be like, I don't know, like, I don't know how to paint, or I don't have the right colors, and I'm not sure, and like... My other canvas was so good. And so everybody can do it, but they stop themselves. And it's not like, a, you know, this heroic thing. It's just how how open are you to, you know, mixing and matching and painting the way that you feel like the world should look. And there's always going to be barriers to certain things. And it depends on whether those ba- ba- boundaries and barriers stop you from moving forward or not. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, th- I think to, to just lower the level, because a lot of people listening to this are not moving anywhere for a mission I, should, I, I doubt it I'm saying very small minority is even for a business is not going to relocate their family like that's a that's a crazy thing but I think in our personal lives there are are certain things that hold us back and we're not ready to jump in on them mm-hmm. you know because I was going to ask you very good if you you know have the canvas and have the paint but most people unfortunately don't know what their thing to do is and that's a big question. Yeah, that's a, that's that's a opening up a whole other conversation. Hey, Josh, you personally are are, are Balchuva in a lot of respects as well, right? And that that must have been something you've encountered, as, you know, a hundred percent. But I mean, like, I feel like first of all, for me, if I'm being honest, my family is more of a Balchuva than I was. I was relatively young. Granted, like, I remember like, well, like, not kosher ice cream tastes like, and like watching Saturday morning cartoons. 
but like that's the extent of like my about tshuva derech because my mom said we're keeping Shabbos. That's not like I'm going home like mom Shabbos. You got to hear about it. You know, like I think that's really that conversation. But um, but so I can't really like talk about talk on like changing my whole lifestyle to become religious. But I'll just say just something that I'm currently dealing with um, is I I personally like I have a lifetime issue of waking up in the mornings. Mornings are not usually my friend. If I'm being really honest, thank God it's something that we're ch- that we're battling every day. And well, I went to Berkowitz. I had a meeting with the Rebbe, and I said, "You know, what? I found an interesting part of my personality, which is that I seem to be a bit of an extremist. I can either wake up nets or I struggle struggle to wake up at nine. That's usually like my thing. So I'm like, what do I do? Do I force myself to become more middle ground? Like, what what, what do I do with that? So Rebbe said, he just answered the story. He didn't even say. He just said, you know, Chaim says, he says." But like, if you listen, this is actually how he sounds. You should know that yeah. Josh's eyes are closed right now. Yeah. He's smiling. <laughs> <laughs> if you know, you know. I Y K Y K. You know what I'm saying? Anyways, so yeah, off the bat. Anyways, he said, um, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna spare you of the Rebbe impersonation." But he said that if I didn't wake up for nets, I don't know when I would wake up. So I told Rebbe that ah, so I'm in good company. He started laughing. <laughs> um, but uh, but so, so then I got my answer. And so, but what was I, the answer? The answer was that Reb Chaim says that also, if he didn't wake up for nets, he wouldn't. He would know when he would be able to wake up. So I'm not alone. There are people who need something that motivates you, like making nets to get your get your tush out of bed in the morning. For sure. So so, but then comes the question of what is more relevant to our discussion is that's a massive lifestyle change. I've learned in this ordeal that you don't go to sleep for your avoda of the previous day of like, oh, today I worked hard and go to sleep early. You go to sleep based on what you want to do tomorrow. Sure. And so that changes, waking up early changes, night routines, it changes like family dynamics of like, listen, at the end of the day, I enjoy the chill, love the chill. I want to go to sleep at a reasonable time to wake up at 5 a.m., 5, 6 a.m., right. depending on what time of year it is. And so again, you have the paint, you have the canvas. But it's so hard to take that dive. For it's sure. It's so hard to, to make that change. I had, I had a good, when I, when I was becoming from, I had a very good mentor. His name is David Nyberg. And uh, one of the first things he told me, he goes, a lot of people will go through life, you know, if you know if life was composed of a three-step process, they go one, and then they go two, and then they go three. Because if you live life that way, you never know what you're going to encounter, and you don't know necessarily the direction you're going. But if you live life, you say, okay, what's the three? Okay, I'm at one right now, so let me get to two, and then I'll get to three. It's like your whole life is different. So if you know where you want to go, then rewire yourself to get there. It's so much more easy to, to, to live life that way. It's still hard. You'll still have all the challenges, but it's not this big abyss of like, I want to be better. And that's the defined goal. And so you like, you try and then tomorrow you do a little better, but like, did I make it? Like, you don't know. <laughs> so if you're like, you know what? I want to wake up and I want to dive in Nate's. Why? Because I realize that every time I dominate, I have a better uh, dominating, and then I'm up earlier, I'm in a better mood, I learn better throughout the day, and by the time I get to sleep, I actually get to sleep on time, which allows me to go to Nate's in the morning, I'm a better husband, parent, whatever it is. Like, great. So that's your three. So now when you have that in mind, getting to sleep isn't so hard, because you're like, I'm doing this for that three. And if we realize and we define what that three is based on, you know, and that was kind of your question, how do you know what your three is in life? But it doesn't need to be so grandiose. It could be something that's more simple and more actual like you're just saying mm-hmm. then you can go to sleep and it, it, it's it's part of the avoda it's part of the process so so i think that's half the battle right and then you have to say okay so now this is my you know let me track it let me make sure i'm doing it correctly and then it becomes a totally different ballgame right I, I think we all we all know 
to some extent our challenges. So we, I think I, if you don't, I apologize, but to some extent you should know eight challenges that you have. Mm-hmm. So how Kenny's putting it, that three should be the obliteration or the or the uh, oh, solution, man. the conquering thinking, conquering of that struggle. I would put it differently, actually. Okay. Not to do it only because I have a Rebbe who vehemently dis- uh, like argues on that point in his Please. entire life. Please. Basically, uh, his name is Rabbi Lin. Uh, he is the Mashkiach Machunyako, the first issue that I was in. And his enti- he is a graduate, he's a PhD in um, positive psychology. And his whole IFS, thing. IFS sort of thingy? No, IFS is great. That's different, different term. Okay. Um, and he says that, that if you focus on the negatives and what's wrong with your life and try to fix those things, it's like you're going to put so much energy into fixing one thing. As opposed to what am I really good at and let me become better at that. Is if you realize what you're good at and you want to become better at that, then all those things that are actually challenging actually float away. And he gives a great metaphor and he says, Very nice. Yeah, he says, you know, let's say, well, one of the metaphors is, you know, you have a hot air balloon, right? And you have 10 strings that are tied down. So you can take a saw and you can hack away at each one of them, or you could light the flame, the whole balloon goes up and everything else snaps off. And he said, in a real way, it's like we sometimes have, you know, we have bad days, we're in bad moods. You know, that guy cut me off and that person's not giving me the proper respect and I can't seem to be focusing and all these different things, right? And he goes, but one day, say you have a great day, right? It happens every once, every three weeks or something. Those things don't bother you anymore. All right, that guy's having a bad day and like, okay, he cut me off. But like, whatever, like it was a sick day. And like, so when you're in a good mood and you're doing things right and things are going great, all the challenges kind of float away. So if you focus on the things you're good at and try to have those better days, then the challenges go away. So instead of focusing necessarily on what you're, poor at or bad at or challenged in which of course is commendable and you shouldn't you shouldn't, you shouldn't be ignorant to them but focus on what you're good at and become better at it and the challenges will kind of okay so so just a few questions on that because yeah, I think that's, yeah. that was very, I think that's really you loaded just, you just like rephrase the icker like one more the time, nice and slow yeah instead of focusing on your weaknesses and working on making those better you should focus on the areas that you're good at and making those even better so I, I think you said a few things over there because one other thing you said was the good day mentality where you're flying high and literally nothing can bother you. Do you think that's achievable through focusing? Meaning, you said a few things. You said focus on your good and work to improve that. But how I think a lot of people look at it, focusing on your good puts you in a positive attitude. Just in that in and of itself, without even looking to improve it, puts you in a higher, um, you know, you view yourself higher and you're walking around with self-confidence, which naturally makes you float more. Or are you saying that focusing on what you're good at and try to improve it also is what puts you in that floaty status? Yeah, I think it's both. It's I, think, both. I think yeah, I think it, they both feed into each other 100. Uh huh. So you're saying that that in order to get yourself in a, in a zone where you're not hyper focused on your negatives could make your uh, could make will will inevitably inevitably help your negatives fade away yeah. much easier. And if you think about it, it's a, it's also a fractal or a microcosm of like anything in life. Think about like a company or something. You have a boss who says, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're, this needs to fix that, 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 versus like beefing everyone up, be like, you know, you're actually really great at this. Like, let's actually put you there. You're really great at this. And let's put and like pumping everybody up for what they're good at. Like you'll see totally different companies. It's so true. And then also I feel like what happens is, is once you focus on your goods, I guess, and you work on those and you work on those positives, that you end up having the self-confidence, even if it doesn't float away, but to face your negatives without beating yourself up over them. Yeah. Because you, you know your worth and your value. And I'm floating. I'm flying. So I have some sandbags that are holding me down. Now I can address them while I'm in the air. Right, right, right. 100%. It's so much easier to do. Yeah. So yeah. much easier. So, and again, this is very theoretical, but I think that it's a paradigm that if people kind of clipped into, then like everything kind of changes. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, everybody is, I feel like at one point or another, if you have, again, I just like you could, I apologize if you don't. 
A lot of people are very aware of their negatives, especially in this door. Where Tversky says he wrote a plethora of svarim, they're all talking about self-confidence. Every single one. Because that's such an issue in our door. But if you were asked people to write 10 issues you have with yourself, that's an easy list to write. But write 10 positive things. Yeah. We talked about this in self-confidence. We talked about this. It's, it's, it's really the acre of everything. Sure, that, that's what Rabbi Lin, he brings that exact point up. He shows like a DSM manual, which is like a thick thing of everything that everybody, you know, everybody has issues with. And then apparently like a Gallup poll did like a survey and like trying to figure it out and boil down what are all the positive characters to like a small little thing. It's like, you know, like, 32 character traits or something as opposed to like 10,000 illnesses or something like that and it, it's 100% true and he also said in a very interesting light said that if you you know say what are you bad at you're like oh new situations this and now situations that and I'm terrible and there and there and there and oh my god don't even get me started on this it's like so what are you good back what are you good at and he says everybody turns into a third grader I'm like oh you know god, I feel like you know I'm amazing <laughs> like, yeah you know like like I'm just like you know, I'm like, a good guy. <laughs> I'm a good guy, great guy. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like you lose your vocabulary. He's saying the vernacular is way higher when we're dealing with our negatives. For sure, for sure. And I think it's a natural thing. There's a spiritual reason for it also. We don't have to get into it, but I think that it's so much... We're in a world of sheker and period and separation. And, you know, it's it's an olam sheker and also, like, it's a nister. Olam means olam, which means to hide. And it's like, you don't naturally see godliness and everything. So the default is to look at the negative things. So swinging it, swing it back to your personal journey, and your jumps that you made, especially moving to Manhattan, which right now, unfortunately, is uh, not the greatest place for a Jew to live. Sure. Do you know of a moment in your decision to leave that you had to overcome and look at your positives to be able to make this jump? Yeah, 100%. Um, 100%. I don't know if it's specifically to, um, to New York City, but yeah, boy, was it a big jump. So I, um, I came to Yeshiva, and a lot of the people, again, like... Did you see No, sorry. To Mahlon Yaakov, when okay. I first came to study, you know, what, what it meant to be Jewish, uh, the people who really showed me and introduced me to the world of Judaism were McCarvin, mm. right? And a McCarv is different than, like, a regular, you know, Shurov, of course. We all know that. And so the ideas and the way they were being presented to me were so inspiring, so amazing. It was always kind of in the back of my head. It's like, whoa, like, I kind of want to do that one day. So there was something in the back of my head that said, like, maybe, you know, I'd like to go into that world or whatever that is. But I didn't have the confidence at all. In fact, my second year, when I started to, the second year of Yeshiva, when I started to really think about, you know, is this something I want to do? Because the Yeshiva I went to is a two-year program. And you decide, after two years, you continue learning if you want, or you go into business, you go back to America, whatever it is. So I started to think about, okay, what am I doing after? And these thoughts of going back, you know, and becoming a rabbi, a of rabbi, whatever that might, might mean, were starting to come back into my head. I remember sitting in, in Gemara Shir, and my rabbi was you know, giving Shir or whatever, and I started realizing I was a lot of thoughts about, like, oh, I can't do it. Like, a lot of, like, negative thoughts. Like, I don't think I can do this. I, I can never do this. And I decided to write down just, like, a mark every time I had a negative thought about potentially becoming a rabbi. 47 times in one hour. Wow. Yeah. 47 Whoa. times I said, couldn't do that. I can never do that. Like, and very, like, fleeting, fleeting thoughts. Just, like, boom, 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 boom. And it was almost like ingrained in me that I couldn't do it. Um, for whatever reason, you know, I my, my thinking wasn't as sharp. I didn't know the language necessarily. There were people who were smarter than me. Like I, And it just like kept coming up, up, and up, and up. Um, and I had to really overcome that. And I think, you know, I decided to stay for another year. What was your method? My method of overcoming it was just, just plug away. Yeah, like it was just like, I, there were certain points where I could have like left. And I said, you know, I want to do another year. And you know, maybe I should leave now. I got another. I had an opportunity to 
basically work for a well-funded boy band project. Um, I used to work in music, so to, to go back into that and basically work as like a manager slash director. Um, and I was really which, going... Which, and... <laughs> So so it's like still in the works. This was three years ago, and I think it's like really well funded, and they're starting to put out some stuff. But I don't think I could say. But okay, anyway, Jewish. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. Just boy band, so kosher. Um, Got it. But the, the 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 thoughts, like you know, I'd say, okay, should I go and become like continue my studies and become a rabbi, or should I like go into this really interesting business opportunity? And I had to kind of like weigh those opportunities a number of times before I ended up going to, you know, New York and Manhattan. And each time I had to double down and say, like, is this something I feel like I'm capable of? And every time I was like, it was always in like a very quiet space of just like, you know, you want to do this. And deep down, it's something that you wanted done even before you knew what it was like to be from. And like, you could do it. And once I like heard that voice and I really like knew it, it was like anything else I'd be doing would be lying to myself. And I think that clarity that I kept coming back to over and over and over again pushed me to you know to go because then what kind of life would i be living so yeah. do you think that constant challenge of that voice made it louder like every time you're faced with a dilemma and you chose the voice of i can do it like it became more into the center stage of your consciousness the what i can do it or the challenge i can do it I meaning every time you were challenged you're forced to flex that muscle yeah i think on a level for sure but i think it's like one of those what is like the bigger the target the bigger the attack uh-huh. i think it's like that so even if you know i was flexing that muscle muscle there's just a bigger thing and bigger reason to not go um, but yeah, and, and again, I'm not a tzaddik. I'm just like someone who, like I said before, I had like a canvas and paint and I realized like, you know what, like I want to paint what I can and what I feel like is right and what I feel like I'm good at. And that's all I did. And it's tough. And I feel like everybody's trying to do that in whatever way they can. Like you said, it doesn't need to be so macro. It could be in a very, right now I'm on a curious trip, right? And I'm co-running it, so to speak, with another person, right? He is like the most like well-connected, funny, just like does whatever he needs to do on the fly of his pants, just makes it happen, right? Mm-hmm. And it's so crazy because like in my mind, it's like, okay, this is my first trip. A trip has to be the structured thing where like this is the schedule and these are the people and you want to make sure there's a trajectory and by the end of the trip, everyone's kind of like, you know, taking something away, whatever it is. And he's like, oh, I know this guy who could bring it here. Let's bring-. We went to a funeral yesterday, an hour before the funeral started and we had no clue we were going to go, right? He's just like, you know, the funeral, like, we need, we basically have an hour to go. And, like, I think it would be a really good experience for these guys to, like, just go all in Hebrew. Nobody speaks a lick of Hebrew. And we went. It was one of the most powerful things for them. And you just thought about it right on the second. Now, anybody could be in that situation and be like, it's never been done before. How are the people going to react? I'm not sure. But he said, you know what? Like, this is a great opportunity. Let's go for it. That's called having a canvas and a paintbrush and saying, like, this is what I feel like is right. Let's go for it. And I feel like that muscle is so important. And it really is about trusting ourselves and trusting our own abilities to be able to discern what should be done, what shouldn't be done, and just going for it. Sorry. I think also, <clears throat> for using the muscle of paint and canvas, I know when I came to this call. So this call is, is not a classic call at all. We're not talking about a, a, you go to the mirror. In fact, a lot of people are, you know, trash. You know, you go on out to Kirov and, you know, it's a risky thing. Do you see a lot of people are trash? Trash. They, 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 uh, they shoot down people that want to go to Kirov. Oh. And they, uh, they, it trashes the verb. They are not trash. They trash. So it took it took it took a lot of knowing that my paint and my canvas is the only paint that I have, and you know asking other people you know asking other people's opinion on what I'm about to paint is a terrible idea. If this is the paint that I have, they're saying yo you should you know you should paint X Y and Z. I don't have the colors for that, and I have the colors for this, and you don't have the colors for this. So you can't relate to this and a lot of times I feel like in my life personally 
to be able to get out of other people's heads and say like this is my mission and the fact that other people disagree with it makes it more my mission and not theirs sure. it's more of a reason why this is something that i should be pursuing and be proud of it because it's so unique if everyone's pursuing it you know is it so important i don't know but if more people are 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 against or not so comfortable with it and you are that's 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 really cool yeah especially the thing is that if there's a torah macor for it then go for it you know yeah it's like, and you got rebam you have a bam, yeah, yeah big rebam big shoulders you have torah sources like so go for it socially some people might say something like, okay like i love it and it's true it's just something to touching on something that Rebbe said before another time another thing like when you choose like your derech and your path either a people could be saying hey don't do that you don't do that but another thing that Rebbe said before, he said, somebody, somebody went to the Sosemis. I know, the Sosemis said that if I could, if somebody asked me, came up to me, he said, you could be Avram Avinu or you could be the, the Sosemis, we should choose. So he said, I say it doesn't matter. Because as long as there's an Avram Avinu and as long as there's a Sosemis, I'm happy. Yes. Meaning, I don't, have, I don't have to, like, meaning, A, I'm not jealous of Avram Avinu's Chalak. I don't want to go after that. But also, I value my own path enough to know that the world requires that to exist. Beautiful, beautiful. Right. Meaning like, Adam Nivra Yechidi, God, God created man alone because we have to be confident in the fact that our Yachid, our one unitary path is valid and, and is worthy of existence. Meaning I'm not trying to look at some other guy's derech and go like, yo, like I'm choosing Q, but I have a guy, he's, he went, he went, he was, I was using Yeshiva with me and now he's in the business world and he's already killing it. But like I want, I want to become a rabbi. I don't know if I'll be able to own a house at twenty-six, like my friend is about to. But like, that's his life. And like, as long as he exists and I exist, then I'm chilling. I'm happy. I found my three, like you were saying, and I'm reverse engineering that, and I'm at two right now, trying to get there. And so it doesn't matter what everybody else is doing or saying or anything like that. I'm not looking at anybody else. I'm just thinking at what I want to do and what I want to get to. Awesome. Alrighty. So I want to thank Kenny Wallach. Kenny Wallach for coming. Sure. He's part of what program? Uh, Olami Manhattan. Olami Manhattan and doing great work for colleagues around. God willing, um, we all will follow in his footsteps That's taking right. our own That's paths. Right. Own paths. Not own my paths. footsteps. Their own footsteps. Yeah, his footsteps. <laughs> <laughs> his footsteps. Of choosing his own path. Thank you. Do you, have, do you have social or anything you want to people follow you with? I got nothing. Nice. No. Just, yes. just be a good Jew and then do your thing. Man. Fire. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Okay.